Armed American Radio listeners, today's Armed American Radio's recorded version of the national radio broadcast, the Armed American Radio podcast, is being brought to you today and every day by North American Arms. Make sure to visit NorthAmericanArms.com for the finest mini revolvers on planet Earth. NorthAmericanArms.com. Enjoy the show. is Armed American Radio's Daily Defense. Armed American Radio's Daily Defense, because they don't want me to, that's why I do it. Presented by X-Insurance. X-Insurance. From the Six Sour Studios. They're never going to stop us here. Here is your host, the loudest conservative voice in America fighting the enemies of freedom, Mark, Mark Walters. 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 Nothing. Welcome in. Armed American Radio's Daily Defense. Mark Walters filling your prescription for freedom today and every day. And you know what? Today we're in the, well, in the, if you're watching on video, it doesn't show it yet, but I'll fix that. We're in the Six Hour Studios today on the Crossbreed Holsters. Mike at hour number one of the program. Greg over in Dallas, Texas, how you doing today? You know, it's all being brought to us by X Insurance. You know that, Greg, right? I do. That it is being brought to us yeah. by X X Insurance, yeah. So, uh, Greg, we have we have a great guest on the line today. We have Cam Edwards on the line today. But before we go to Cam Edwards, there's something I want to do. I want to play some audio because it just warms my heart. And this is a man that I love to despise. And I'm sure Cam will like this, too. And I'm referring to, of course, Governor, Governor Murphy of New Jersey and Governor Murphy of New Jersey have guys before I go to Cam Greg's got to get some work done over there in the background so Cam just hang tight with us we'll go to you in just a second but let me set this up and uh, Cam can listen to what we're talking about here but I don't know if you guys saw the story of a Democrat governor in deep blue state which of course is New Jersey facing a chorus of boos at a concert as a singer was trying to hush them up. Now, I, if you didn't see this, it, first of all, I've never heard of the band before. I'll, it's a band by the name of Brian Kirk and the Jerks. But Jerks is spelled J-I-R-K-S. Greg, do we have the audio clip of that? Because I want to play it just to make me feel better throughout the day if I get in a bad mood. I love this. Do we have that audio? I do. Give me a sec. Let me uh, get it going. All right. We're going to let Greg play this audio for us. Then we'll Here go we to go. Edwards. Yes, it is. Do not do that, please. Out of respect to my friend. Don't do that. Oh, that just warms my <laughs> that just warms my heart, Greg, over in Dallas, Texas. Good heavens! Yeah, it's hilarious to hear that. So he's, I guess, Brian Kirk and the Jerks. Who? Don't, I mean, scolding is Brian Kirk and the Jerks. Who? Never heard of them. <laughs> right? But Jerks is spelled J-I-R-K-S. Let's go to Cam Edwards. Cam from Cam and Company. Cam, did you, you heard that. Wasn't that beautiful? Doesn't that warm your heart like it does mine, or is it just me? Oh, man, it was fantastic. Uh, my buddy John Petrolino, <laughs> our buddy John Petrolino, uh, sent that to me earlier today. John is a Jersey guy. 
And so, of course, uh, that woman, the cockles of his heart as well. My favorite part is, don't do that. I said, don't do that. Uh, I, I guess the you know the power trip runs hard in Phil Murphy's circle of friends, right? While Murphy's going after our Second Amendment rights, uh, Brian Kirk and the jerks, or Brian Kirk, and Brian <laughs> Kirk and the jerks, trying to shut us up, right? Uh, don't don't dare express your First Amendment freedom of speech to uh, to boo the governor for uh, being such an awful politician. Out of respect for my friend. Don't do that out of respect for my friend. A man who shows zero respect for his constituents in the state of New Jersey, right. particularly us gun owners. So, guys, I'm going to keep that. I'm just going to play that from time to time just to make myself feel better because I absolutely love to hear that. Cam, it's great to have you with us. I apologize uh, coming out of the gate a little bit. We had a round no. We got that taken care of. Not, not on your end or, or listener's end, but on our end. So, anyway, thanks for hanging in there for us. Uh, let's absolutely. start with this. Cam, uh, well, you know live radio, man. You've been doing this a long time. Cam, um, I talked about this in the roundtable last night, and I, I, I don't get a kick out of the story, of course, but I'm talking about the scooter shooter. I guess I'll refer to mm-hmm. him in New York as the scooter shooter, right? And I found it astonishing that, and I'll paraphrase, but it's pretty close to a direct quote, and it, was, it said uh, authorities mentioned that the scooter shooter was on a bike on his scooter illegally it was unregistered and he wasn't licensed for it so that begs the question you mean a murderer was not concerned about a registered scooter and having a license for it so that begs this question what gun control law would he have followed is there another new york gun control law that the scooter shooter who had the cojones to drive to his murder scene Mm-hmm. Unlicensed? Oh, come on, Cam. You, I know you smell the irony here, but doesn't that prove our point in a in a bizarre way? Yeah, I think it does. Um, which I think is why you're starting to see, you know, a little bit of a shift from, uh, you know, talk about restricting concealed carry and things of that nature to to you know, you're starting to hear more about. We've got to do something about the availability of guns, right? Uh, that's obviously a very amorphous term, and it comes with all kinds of things. But really what they're trying to say is, unless we prohibit guns altogether, uh, these things are going to continue to happen. And, of course, we know that you can't prohibit guns altogether. You can ban them, but you're not going to make them go away. You're not going to stop bad people from breaking the law and doing awful things like we saw in New York City. Uh, so ultimately, their attitude boils down to, we can't stop this from happening, but we can stop you from protecting yourself. If, God forbid, you ever find yourself in a crosswalk with somebody randomly pulling a gun on you, we can make sure that you don't have the means or the ability to defend yourself in that situation. Yeah, I don't get the whole thing. To me, because the situation was horrific, you had an 87-year-old man killed and a couple others. Mm -hmm. To even bring up the fact that the scooter was unregistered, to me, I thought... It would just seem so random. I, I have a hard time wrapping my head around why they would even mention that. That's like saying the drunk driver that killed the family. I guess maybe if I look at it in a different perspective, let me kind of talk this out. Oh, and by the way, he didn't have a driver's license. I don't know that that matters because a someone who's going to break the law doesn't isn't concerned about any law, right? Yeah, and but I think there's maybe why it matters, right? Um, that, that you can point to the fact that it wasn't just the gun laws this guy didn't care about. He obviously didn't care about the laws against taking a human life. 
Um, but even the little, you know, ticky-tack laws like uh, registering your scooter, uh, making sure that it's, you know, safe to drive on the streets of New York, didn't follow those laws either. And I, I think more broadly, Mark, you know, you are seeing this culture of, I mean, I hate to say lawlessness, but but that's the case. I mean, when you're seeing in, in Washington, D.C., uh, you know, 14-year-old kids who are, you know, engaged in armed carjackings, you're seeing the uh, dirt bikes, you know, on the streets of Baltimore, where you have these, you know, uh, riders like 200 at a time, you know, on yeah. these illegal dirt bikes. Uh, and again, the response from the city in a lot of these circumstances, whether we're talking about D.C. or Baltimore or San Francisco or L.A., is really to shrug their shoulders, right? Well, we don't want to, you know, put these kids in the criminal justice system. Gosh, that's, you know, going to cause disproportionate harm. So we'll turn a blind eye to the law breaking and then we'll be surprised and shocked or at least feign surprised and shocked when that leads to more violent crime, when it leads to more lawlessness of a of a much more serious type, right? You can go back to the early 1990s and talk about the theory of broken windows policing, that if you focus yeah. on the small stuff and people know there are consequences for, you know, minor infractions, they're less likely to commit major offenses. Um, I think that went a long way, not not entirely, but I think that went a long way towards why we saw violent crime rates drop from the early 1990s until 2020. And I think we've gotten away from that over the past few years. And now in big city after big city after big city, you're seeing politicians make excuses for criminal behavior while trying to crack down on legal gun ownership. Well, you know, isn't that kind of like saying uh, this is a fun topic to talk about? It wasn't really on my docket for this length, but I think it's important that we bring this up. You mentioned the smaller crimes, the broken windows, policing policies. We've heard for years, for example, the soft drugs lead to harder drugs, right? That some say if you're smoking marijuana or you're you're a teenager drinking, that's going to lead to marijuana. Marijuana is going to lead to harder drugs. But we look at we, we see these crime statistics. We know it to be the case. And you mentioned the bigger cities. Look at what's going on now with, for example, in San Francisco. And now basically every Democrat run city in the country, Cam, let's be honest, where it's free reign to just walk into a Walgreens or a Walmart with a shopping cart or a grocery store, pack it, take it and boldly, brazenly walk right out the door with the thing. Does anybody yeah. honestly believe that those criminals will stop there? We've got about 20 seconds. I'll let you take us to the break on that. That's certainly they're not certainly not going to stop there. Right. One could make that assumption. Well, you can make the assumption that even if it's not, even if those criminals stop there, they say, all right, I got a good thing going. You know, the guy down the street says, oh, well, you know what? They're not arresting these shoplifters. I wonder if they're going to arrest armed robbers. I wonder if they're going to arrest carjacking. If those guys can get away with it, why can't I? And I think that's what we're seeing. Well, then when you tack zero bail on top of it, you just had rapper 50 Cent talk about L.A. and how bad that's going yep. down the tubes without with the no bail. We'll continue the conversation with Cam Edwards from Cam and Company and over at BearingArms.com right after this. Don't go away. Sig Sauer, the largest and most comprehensive firearm manufacturer in the world, also feeds your firearms. Sig Sauer manufactures the ultimate self-defense round, delivering exceptional on-target energy, maximum weight retention, and optimal expansion at all effective distances. Sig Sauer Elite Defense Ammunition is available in all popular calibers and features V-Crown jacketed hollow point projectiles for maximum expansion and weight retention. It's the ultimate defensive ammunition. For more information, visit SigSauer.com today. 
AAR listeners, this is the year I'm asking you to go out of your way to support our partners that keep this program on the air. It's essential to our existence and to the ongoing fight for the Second Amendment. Our newest partner, the Crime Prevention Research Center at CrimeResearch.org, headed by Dr. John Lott, is literally on the front line defending our freedoms and this program. While the anti-gunners spend millions spreading misinformation and lies, it's the CPRC and Dr. Lott advancing the real scientific understanding of the relationship between laws and gun ownership, improving the awareness and knowledge of this scientific understanding among the public, journalists, and policymakers, and enhancing public safety through these scientific advances, improving awareness and knowledge in the public eye. As a nonprofit, Dr. Lott needs our help to continue this groundbreaking research and getting it out to the public. Please, like I do, make a monthly donation, whatever amount, to the CPRC and help us tell the truth about our right to bear arms. You can do so at crimeresearch.org. Crimeresearch.org. Please help us today. Gun owners across the country have become targets of frivolous lawsuits. At X-Insurance, we provide custom firearm liability insurance to eliminate your exposure and to protect you from unscrupulous lawyers. And if lawsuits arise, we aggressively fight them. We're the best at what we do, and we've been doing it for more than 40 years. We offer same-day quotes and solutions. So call us today or have your agent call us, and let's get that target off your back. For more information, visit xinsurance.com. Car, the 25th anniversary K9 and the venerable P9 in various configurations. Magnum Research, the classic Desert Eagle available in 50, 44, 357, and the new 429 DE calibers. The BFR, biggest, finest revolvers, and the Magnum Light. Auto Ordnance, the classics. Thompson, that's right, the Tommy Gun, the incredible M1 carbine, and the one and only classic 1911. Car Firearms, a family of brands standing for your family's freedom. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and I'm excited to announce my new product, My Slippers. They took me over two years to develop because I didn't want just an ordinary slipper. My Slippers are meant to be worn all day long, no matter what you're doing, whether you're inside or outside. My Slippers come with an exclusive three-tier cushioning system that you won't find in any other slipper. It combines two layers of foam, including my proprietary My Pillow foam and a patented impact shell made from U.S. soybeans. My three-tier cushioning system is going to help relieve pressure points, provide that micro support you need for all day comfort and help prevent fatigue. Not only that, my slippers are made with high quality leather and a premium indoor outdoor sole that make them extremely durable. I personally guarantee they're going to be the most comfortable slippers you'll ever own. Hey, it's Mark and you know Mike supports the right to keep and bear arms and we support Mike. Please visit MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener specials box and use promo code AAR for all of Mike's great discounts or call 800-978-9358 and remember use promo code AAR. At Daniel Defense, we do things a little differently. First of all, every one of our products, from top to bottom, is made right here in America with pride. So much pride, in fact, that we don't sell factory seconds. No, if we make a mistake, we scrap it and start over. We're not finished until it's made right. And that commitment to quality doesn't end once a product is out the door. Whether you're the first owner or the last, if anything goes wrong with your Daniel, we'll make it right, because that's the right thing to do. Daniel Defense. Freedom. Passion. Precision. Daniel Defense Firearms are guaranteed for life, trusted worldwide, and designed, engineered, and manufactured right here in America. Daniel Defense, freedom, passion, precision. 
Yeah, Daniel Defense makes some great stuff. Freedom, passion, and precision. Welcome welcome back inside. And uh, for those watching the video, like I said, we'll change the graphics for you in the next few minutes. Uh, guys, honestly, you know, I, I got to thinking a little bit about what Cam and I were just talking about in the break. Cam, let's, let's go back to you on this, the, the whole 50 Cent thing, right? You got a guy mm-hmm. who has said L.A. is gone. I mean, gone. He didn't say it's going. He said it's gone because of no bail. And when you combine that with the dopey statement about no license on the scooter, Brad Primo in yesterday's roundtable on the Monster Cast made the comment, what we should have done, maybe what New York should have done, was had a sign up that said it's illegal to drive a scooter without a license and to have it unregistered. Maybe that would have been the key. But sadly, isn't that what they do? I mean, you look at, you know, I don't know when the last time you were in Los Angeles was. I was back there just, oh, I don't know, gosh, it's been, you know, within the last 12 months. I felt like I needed a passport to even land there, let alone get in the car and drive around. It's like being in another country. And I've been to L.A. many times. It's a completely different planet now. When you drive the city streets, it's frightening. I can't imagine my kids walking past that nonsense or having to get to my office to walk to a job or to go grocery shopping, whatever it may be. I, right. I, I wouldn't even I'd pull a Joy Reid and wouldn't even go outside. And I would have a legitimate reason to do it, unlike Joy Reid. But nonetheless, when you've got guys like 50 Cent saying this, stuff, what, is, what does that say? What, what, kind of, what, what kind of mark is that on what's happening in these Democrat-run cities, particularly when we're seeing crime as bad as it, as, as it is and continuing to get worse, Cam? Well, I mean, I think it reveals the, the dysfunction within the Democrat Party, because I, and I've written about this going back two or three years now, that the Democrats are actually at odds with themselves on gun control and crime uh, because they want to have, you know, all kinds of gun control laws on the books. But they are completely enamored with the idea that uh, we can have this sort of, you know, non-incarceratory response to, to violent offenses. Uh, it's been listen. It's been years since I've been to LA, but I saw the same thing the last time I, I went to Washington D.C. Uh, yeah. You know, before I moved to Farmville, Virginia, I would go to D.C. on a you know probably weekly or biweekly basis, and now maybe I go once or twice a year. The last time I was there a few months ago, Mark. I mean, it was just it was awful. You know, I mean, and it wasn't just the homeless encampments uh, in Dupont Circle and, and you know right outside of Union Station, but I mean the just the graffiti. Uh, on buildings and on overpasses was so much worse than what I had seen when I first moved to Northern Virginia in 2004. I mean, it, it, it really, the city just looked gummier <laughs> than it yeah. did, you know, for most of the time that I lived there. And if it looks that way, I, I'm sure that it feels that way, too. Uh, and it you know, acts and yet in that DC, way. you've got this situation where, you know, more than half of the uh, arrests for illegal gun possession are not prosecuted. Uh, you've got the D.C. police at odds with the U.S. attorney and with uh, D.C. Attorney General Carl Racine. You know, they can't figure out the police will make arrests. And then the prosecutor's like, ah, well, we're going to divert this case or we're going to drop the charges altogether. You know, it seems like they look for ways not to prosecute violent offenders. And yet they, they continue in the same breath to say, well, we need more laws on the books. Right. More of these nonviolent possessory offenses that will carve out of your right to keep and bear arms. That's what we need, but all the laws that we have in the books against, you know, shooting people, against armed robbery, and even against illegal gun possession, we can argue whether or not those laws are even constitutional, but they're on the books right now, and they're not being enforced. And again, I, I think that it really speaks to this brokenness within the Democratic Party, because they love the idea of gun control, but man, they hate the idea of law enforcement. 
Well, you know, I'm old enough to remember, sadly, when you were driving through New York City. For example, when I was a senior in high school, we lived in Connecticut. We would drive down to my grandfather's house in Florida when I was a kid. And I'm old enough to remember that it was so dangerous driving down 95 when you went through the South Bronx that you literally took your car days in advance to make sure it was in good operating condition so you didn't have a problem on 95 heading south through the South Bronx. Or you had a problem. You weren't getting cops there, and all you saw were burned-out vehicles on blocks of cars that had broken down on the way. And I, I can remember that. I remember the graffiti in the subways before it was cleaned up by Giuliani. And believe it or not, Bloomberg, let's throw some credit where it needs to be done. Bloomberg policed that city pretty well. And it's a far cry from where it is today as it's resorting back to the old Mayor Koch days and the Dinkins days, if you remember, right? And I think what what you said rings true, that when it looks that way, I'll go stuff. It also, when the city looks that way, it acts that way. Because people like you and I stay out. And neighbors who live there move out or they don't go out. And who takes over the city? The criminal element, right? Yep. Yeah, no, I think it's absolutely right. And, you know, thankfully, I mean, we're seeing some bucking of that trend around the country. Um, uh, Jeff Asher, who's a crime analyst out of New Orleans, says that we're actually on pace for like a 10% decline in homicides nationwide this year, which is great. Um, but, you know, I, I've been looking at the, at the statistics, and it's really hit or miss, like, where these things are occurring, right? So homicides are up about 6% in Dallas right now. They're down by about 30, no, 26% in Houston. Uh, you know, down across the board, it seems, in Georgia, Constitutional Carry State, as you know well, uh, up extensively in several California cities. You know, I, so it, to me, this makes the case that, that crime is ultimately local. In uh, trying to address this through, you know, federal gun control laws, it's not about crime, Mark, and you and I know that. It's about yeah, you and I. It's about gun owners, yeah. right? That's what they're really trying to influence and impact with federal gun control legislation. They're not trying to make they, – they can say it's about public safety, but it's really about our personal exercise of our right to keep and bear arms. Well, they've proven that for years. All you have to do is go back and look at Chicago and the fact that, you know, light foot, light head, whatever you want to call her, Beetlejuice, wouldn't take any help from Trump because she didn't want to make Trump look good, if you recall. Mm-hmm. But the moment Trump was out of office, she was screaming for federal funds to help her. You know, I, I don't know. The, the, it is purely agenda driven. And now you said something interesting to me. I was taking some notes while you were talking about Democrats being at odds with themselves over gun control. And proof of that was handed to us on a platter just a few days ago, if you recall. And I'm sure you do, because I, I've seen it over at Bearing Arms. But you had the St. Louis mayor. Yeah. And her texts released, right? Where she yep. admits in private text messages that gun control doesn't work. And she actually pointed to Chicago as an example of that. So it's privately one thing, publicly the other, which proves the agenda driven, uh, the agenda driven, I guess, uh, agenda, the agenda driven policies that they push over and above public safety. Fair statement to make, Cam? Absolutely. Listen, in the gun control groups, you know, they're not dummies, right? They, they've adopted this language of, uh, you know, community violence intervention. Yeah. You'll even see you know, groups like Every Town. They'll, they'll, they'll throw some dollars towards, you know, a few of these groups here and there. Um, but that's more outreach, I think, to a portion of the Democrat electorate than it is, okay, we think this is actually the way to address, quote, unquote, gun violence, right? Because they're still throwing the lion's share of their political heft as well as their donor dollars, 
uh, towards going after you and I and other legal gun owners. Um, and the sad thing is, Mark, and this is what's so frustrating to me, you know, is I, I agree that there are actually some community violence intervention programs that work. And gun owners will get behind these things. Uh, you know, I've read about Operation Ceasefire. Oh, hold that thought. Hard. Hold, hold that thought. Operation Ceasefire. Yeah, yeah that's, a good, that's a good place to stop. When we come back, we're going to go to Operation Ceasefire. Boy, I'll tell you what, guys. A lot going on out there. We're continuing the conversation with Cam Edwards. Don't go away. We'll be right back. At Daniel Defense, we do things a little differently. First of all, every one of our products, from top to bottom, is made right here in America with pride. So much pride, in fact, that we don't sell factory seconds. No, if we make a mistake, we scrap it and start over. We're not finished until it's made right. And that commitment to quality doesn't end once a product is out the door. Whether you're the first owner or the last, if anything goes wrong with your Daniel, we'll make it right, because that's the right thing to do. Daniel Defense. Freedom. Passion. Precision. MyLocalGunShop.com, a website for gun buyers that gives you direct access to verified gun shops, their inventory, and more, regardless of your location. There are no accounts and zero fees. If you are an FFL, you can upload thousands of items within minutes, giving all Americans access to your entire inventory for one simple flat rate. MyLocalGunShop.com, an innovative new way for gun buyers and verified FFLs to connect online. Visit MyLocalGunShop.com today. Sig Sauer is the manufacturer of the game-changing P365 high-capacity micro-compact. This revolutionary new concealed carry pistol gives you more capacity, concealability, and capability. The award-winning Sig Sauer P365 redefines the category and has become the most desired handgun on the market today. Holding up to 17 plus one rounds, its ergonomic design makes it more shootable with a clean, crisp trigger pull you'd expect from Sig Sauer. The Sig P365, America's number one selling handgun for a reason. Visit SigSauer.com. Hi, it's Mark Walters, your host of Armed American Radio. If your company sells only the highest quality products and you're looking for a way to reach these listeners, you're talking to the right guy. Armed American Radio has a package available to fit every budget, from startup to the seasoned advertiser looking for that perfect way to reach this massive audience on roughly 250 stations in the top markets in the nation. We're everywhere, and the show continues to explode across the country after 10 years. Together, we can help you reach a highly engaged and extremely knowledgeable audience. To hear your brand on this huge radio program for less than you ever thought possible and to speak directly with me, reach out to CCW Broadcast Media LLC right away at mark at armedamericanradio.org. Mark at armedamericanradio.org. And together, we'll bring your brand to Armed American Radio listeners and keep this powerful voice for gun rights on the airwaves. Again, to speak directly to me, reach out to me at mark at armedamericanradio.org. That's mark at armedamericanradio.org. The 25th Anniversary K9 and the Venerable P9 in various configurations. Magnum Research. The Classic Desert Eagle available in 50, 44, 357, and the new 429 DE calibers. The BFR Biggest Finest Revolvers and the Magnum Light. Auto Ordnance. The Classics. Thompson. That's right. The Tommy Gun. The Incredible M1 Carbine and the one and only Classic 1911. Car Firearms. A family of brands standing for your family's freedom. 
Defender Coffee was created by patriots for patriots. It's coffee for Americans devoted to defending the Second Amendment. It's coffee for Americans who understand that if you don't fight for your freedom, you lose it. That's why Defender Coffee donates profits to gun rights organizations that fight to defend the Second Amendment. When you drink Defender Coffee, every single cup defends your right to keep and bear arms. Visit DefenderCoffee.com today and get free shipping when you join the coffee club. DefenderCoffee.com. The Gold Set from North American Arms. These beautiful mini revolvers are plated in 24 karat gold and are available in calibers 22 short, 22 long rifle, and 22 magnum. Available individually or as a set, each mini is equipped with synthetic white pearl grips, matching serial numbers, and a beautiful walnut display case with glass top. The Gold Set for a limited time at North American Arms. To add one, two, or three of these beautiful mini 24 karat gold plated revolvers to your collection, visit NorthAmericanArms.com today. The following segment of Armed American Radio is being brought to you by Defender Coffee. When you drink Defender Coffee, you're making a donation to a gun rights organization of your choice that protects and defends your freedoms. Welcome back to the show. Yes, welcome back to the show indeed. Mark Walters filling your prescription for freedom today and every day, Monday through Friday, here on Armed American Radio's Daily Defense at AAR Ranch in the six-hour studios here on this Crossbreed Holsters. Mike, it's all being brought to you by X-Insurance. You heard that Defender Coffee rejoin. I think I had a little too much Defender coffee today, Greg, in Dallas. Uh-oh. You can start your day with a little bit too much coffee. Yeah. Sundays, you know, the big monster cast. I didn't get out of the studio until about 1 o'clock in the morning. It was pouring rain, and I was like, ah, I'm not going back right now, and I really didn't want to get there and see the water damage from the house that happened while we were live on air last night, which was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. And thanks again for handling that with John Lott, by the way. A yeah. funny rejoin when we came back with John. Yeah, we're at the ranch. You have a ranch? Yeah, we have a ranch. Now it's broken. Yeah. The ranch that is broken. The ranch is broken. It sprung okay. a leak. The ranch sprung a leak. Homeowners is picking it up. So I, they're, they've been here all day. I have no problem with that. That's good news. Cam Edwards, Cam and Company, welcome back. So, Cam, you know, you got to love live radio. Last night I was on the air and I got a 911 text from my wife. Need you back here immediately, 911. Now, you know what I'm thinking, Hello? right? Yeah. Yeah, something bad, something bad, really bad. That's, that's, that's a 911 text. And it came during the bottom of the half-hour break, and I was able to – Greg took the, the segment with Dr. Lott, our first segment with John Lott, and I bolted over to the house, which is not too far away from me here at the ranch, and was able yeah. to find out we had a huge water problem that was about ready to bust all the ceilings out upstairs, and it was caught in time. So, yeah, so we, we, we've had to do you – know, it's just live radio, man, you know? That, that's the first time that's ever happened in 15 years. I've never had a 911. But I did tell my wife, next time it's 911 and it's just a water leak, tell me it's a water leak so I don't think somebody's bleeding out over here real quick, okay? Yeah, right. Maybe, maybe, maybe a little more info. <laughs> yeah, just homeowner well, stuff, 911. the background, but that's the only, uh, you know, live radio excitement <laughs> you're going to have with me besides uh, talking. But uh, I'm we just do our man. own water – Issues. So, uh, yeah, you gave me a little bit of uh, PTSD flashbacks to the kitchen disaster that we uh, oh. dealt with earlier this year. So I'm glad that Homeowners Insurance is picking it up, and hopefully it won't be a big headache for you. Yeah, it is what it is. It's the price of homeownership, man. It just is what it is. It's one of those things like a flat tire. You can't do nothing about it. You deal with it. It is what it is. Fortunately, we have water. That's what we need. So, Cam, let's go back to Operation Ceasefire for a minute, because if my memory yeah. serves me correctly, Operation Ceasefire was a late 80s program that was actually started in Boston, if I'm not mistaken. And it was 
designed specifically around weeding out repeat young violent offenders and targeting them through the DOJ for aggressive prosecution, but also included a number of intervention programs around it. Am I right on that? Without going back and doing yeah. it, I'm going back into my head. Let's talk a little bit about yeah, that. No, because it was right. quite effective, right? It, it, it was. Um, it was a little bit later. It was, it was basically it was mid-90s by the time this got rolling. Uh, and David Kennedy, who's now at John Jay College, was, uh, I think, at Harvard at the time. And basically, I think it was Bill Weld was the Boston police commissioner, uh, you know, and he was looking for a way to bring down juvenile homicides. And he, he kept talking about the Brady Bill. And David Kennedy said, look, the Brady Bill's not going to touch these kids. These are 15-year-olds. They're not legally getting a gun. You know, like right. you, you can't look at traditional gun control laws and think this is going to have an impact. So, yeah, so the idea was to work with the Boston Police Department uh, to identify the most prolific offenders and those who are at most risk of committing violent crimes. And, you know, a lot of these guys... As you mentioned, they were already in the court system, right? So it was a matter of basically calling the parole officers and saying, hey, bring these guys in. And they staged that intervention. And so, uh, you know, on one side of the room, you had the sort of the community service side, right? You had the pastors. You had maybe their high school teacher. You had people who said, listen, we care about you. We love you. We don't want to see you kill yourself. We don't want to see you be murdered. But you got to stop shooting. And we're here to help you. We're going to get you, you know, job training. We're going to get you your GD. We're going to get you counseling. Whatever you need to get your life on a better path, we're going to give it to you because we care about you. But if you don't accept our help, then these people are going to intervene. And they would point to the police chief, to the DA, mm-hmm. to the U.S. attorney. And they would say, that's right, because we want to help you. But if you won't let us help you, we're going to make you stop shooting. And we will put your ass in prison for as long as the federal law allows. We will take all of these cases to federal court where there are stiffer penalties. We will not offer you plea deals. And we will put you in prison. Um, and, and this had a dramatic impact. There were some prosecutions. There were some people who didn't get the message. And, and you know, the federal government stuck by their promise. And they did strictly prosecute these individuals. But a lot of these guys who are committing these violent crimes... You know, they want a way out. They don't want to be dead at 21 or 22. And they took advantage of that help. And as a result, juvenile homicides dropped in Boston by more than 50 percent. You know, and over the decades, this program has been put in place in cities around the country. It is not, you know, a magic bullet. It takes a lot of interagency cooperation. Egos can derail this. Uh, You know, in Baltimore, they tried to do this in the 90s. And Martin O'Malley came in as mayor and basically said, I want to try to give some flashy, splashy numbers for arrests. And I think over the next three years, they had like 800,000 arrests in Baltimore, and the violent crime rate went up because they were just arresting anybody and everybody that they could catch illegally carrying a gun rather than going after that small group of people who are actually yeah. driving the violence. You know? and But we're seeing this again. Like, so Richmond, Virginia is about an hour away from where I live. My son lives there. He works there. Mayor LeVar Stoney, there's this group of black pastors who have been pleading with him for years to put Operation Ceasefire in place. And Sony says, no, there's too much law enforcement in there for him. He, he wants all the carrots, uh, none of the sticks. And so the city well, you of know, Richmond, Mark, I, I kid you not, he is wasting $80,000 of COVID relief money on a gun buyback in Richmond. <laughs> Meanwhile, what is, that $80,000 could go a long way towards establishing Operation Ceasefire. Now, thankfully, the Republicans in the state legislature finally managed to get a bill through that uh, will allow for this type of intervention to take place. Uh, it's, uh, it's happening in Petersburg, Virginia, in Roanoke, Virginia. 
Stoney's been very recalcitrant, though, in Richmond. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's so frustrating because, again, this is something where I think gun owners would be fully on board with because it, it involves no new gun laws, right? Right. Uh, and, when, again, we're targeting violent offenders. But the gun control groups don't want to talk about this, and a lot of Democrats don't want to support it because, again, it involves putting some people in prison. Which is shocking when you look at the fact that what you've just mentioned means the Democrats have gone 180 degrees because it requires strict policing, aggressive policing and aggressive prosecution, which is something they're all walking away from right now. Was it 1020 life in Virginia or am I I'm I'm confused? It might have been Florida, but there was another great program in Richmond, Virginia, a number of years ago as well. That was part of relative to gun laws. Project Exile, that's it. 1020 Life was Florida. Thank you for reminding me. Where are we with that? You know, they'll, they'll bring it out every now and then. I don't know if they've done it in Richmond lately, uh, but it's been folded into Project Safe Neighborhoods, which is a you know DOJ initiative that uh, is still ongoing. Um, but I think the problem, again, is you need a sustained effort, right? This can't be something that's done for the headlines and that you do for three or four months and expect that you're going to have some sort of permanent impact. When, when we're dealing with, you know, a small core group of violent offenders, you need to have this in, in place long enough to not only change their minds, but to prevent that next generation coming up from thinking that they can get away with this type of stuff, too. You know, and, and you really do need both the law enforcement side and you need the intervention side. You need to give uh, a lot of these kids a way out. Um, and if they don't take it, then that's on them. But without that opportunity, you're going to continue to see the same thing time and time again. So there is a place for community violence intervention programs. In fact, I'd say those are far more effective than a magazine ban or a gun ban or universal background checks. And yet that's where the the focus of the gun control groups will always be, because ultimately it's about controlling legal gun owners, not about combating violent crime. Yeah, it, it points right at what we already know they want to do, and that's take away firearms, period. To them, it's gun bad, person with gun bad, no such thing as good law-abiding gun owner, person with gun eventually going to commit a crime, take all guns, and we don't have any more gun crime, which is nonsense in a country, because it's dishonest. We all know that to be the case. We know what they want to do. So these two are not going to meet anytime soon. But you're absolutely correct. It's going to require a combination of those effective programs that Operation Ceasefire was and Project Exile and 1020 Life in Florida, by the way. Those are great examples. We'll be back. One more segment with Cam Edwards. Don't go away. At Daniel Defense, we do things a little differently. First of all, every one of our products, from top to bottom, is made right here in America with pride. So much pride, in fact, that we don't sell factory seconds. No, if we make a mistake, we scrap it and start over. We're not finished until it's made right. And that commitment to quality doesn't end once a product is out the door. Whether you're the first owner or the last, if anything goes wrong with your Daniel, we'll make it right. Because that's the right thing to do. Daniel Defense. Freedom. Passion. Precision. 
Sig Sauer, the largest and most comprehensive firearm manufacturer in the world, also feeds your firearms. Sig Sauer manufactures the ultimate self-defense round, delivering exceptional on-target energy, maximum weight retention, and optimal expansion at all effective distances. Sig Sauer Elite Defense Ammunition is available in all popular calibers and features V-Crown jacketed hollow point projectiles for maximum expansion and weight retention. It's the ultimate defensive ammunition. For more information, visit SigSauer.com today. MyLocalGunShop.com, a website for gun buyers that gives you direct access to verified gun shops, their inventory, and more regardless of your location. There are no accounts and zero fees. If you are an FFL, you can upload thousands of items within minutes, giving all Americans access to your entire inventory for one simple flat rate. MyLocalGunShop.com, an innovative new way for gun buyers and verified FFLs to connect online. Visit MyLocalGunShop.com today. The long-awaited six-hour P365 chambered in 380 is finally here. The new softer shooting, easier handling micro-compact option for everyday carry. With an identical grip module and slide with a 9mm, it'll fit all existing P365 holsters. The P365 380 is the most durable 380 micro-compact pistol on the market. Standard with SIG-like night sights and an optic cut, plus two 10-round magazines and a mag loader. The P365 380 is the ultimate micro-compact carry pistol, and you can find details at sixhour.com for the new P365 380. Car, the 25th anniversary K9 and the venerable P9 in various configurations. Magnum Research, the classic Desert Eagle available in 50, 44, 357, and the new 429 DE calibers. The BFR, biggest, finest revolvers, and the Magnum Light. Auto Ordnance, the classics. Thompson, that's right, the Tommy Gun, the incredible M1 carbine, and the one and only classic 1911. Car Firearms, a family of brands standing for your family's freedom. At Armed American Radio, we depend on our partners to bring you this broadcast every day. And that's why we've partnered with Fort Worth Armory. Fort Worth Armory searches the world to bring you high-quality, dependable ammo at extremely competitive prices. Proudly partnering with quality importers and manufacturers from friendly nations to bring you reliable ammunition, Fort Worth Armory not only fills your ammo needs, they also help fill your prescription for freedom. Please support the businesses that support Armed American Radio. Visit FortWorthArmory.com today. The Gold Set from North American Arms. These beautiful mini revolvers are plated in 24 karat gold and are available in calibers 22 short, 22 long rifle, and 22 magnum. Available individually or as a set, each mini is equipped with synthetic white pearl grips, matching serial numbers, and a beautiful walnut display case with glass top. The Gold Set for a limited time at North American Arms. To add one, two, or three of these beautiful mini 24 karat gold plated revolvers to your collection, visit NorthAmericanArms.com today. Gun owners across the country have become targets of frivolous lawsuits. At X-Insurance, we provide custom firearm liability insurance to eliminate your exposure and to protect you from unscrupulous lawyers. And if lawsuits arise, we aggressively fight them. We're the best at what we do, and we've been doing it for more than 40 years. We offer same-day quotes and solutions. So call us today or have your agent call us, and let's get that target off your back. For more information, visit xinsurance.com. This segment of Armed American Radio's Daily Defense is being brought to you by Daniel Defense. Visit DanielDefense.com. Now, back to the show. 
Ah, back to the show indeed. One final segment with great Cam Edwards over at Bearing Arms and Cam and Company. Cam, welcome back in, my friend. It's always a pleasure to have you here. So how about we do this in the final segment? Uh, Cam and I were talking back and forth during text over the break, and I, I like what he mentioned. I, I like this better than where I was going to go with you anyway. I was going to go to Baltimore. I'd rather go to Playboy magazine. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> so we'll set that. There's a tease for you, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to go to Playboy magazine, point, counterpoint, and we're going to take you back 30 years back when I don't even think I'm going to go there. I'm not going to go there. Back when uh, men used to love to look at Playboy magazine because there were lots of women in Playboy magazine. Today, you don't know what you're going to get. So let's talk about that. Is the article up yet? I, don't, I didn't see it, but let's have, let's have some no, fun No, it's it. coming up uh, about 530 Eastern. Uh, this will be up. And this is for our uh, – this is going to be behind the paywall, so I'm going to give you guys a little sneak peek. Uh, and encourage folks to become a VIP members at BarionArms.com because that, that's where you get some of the deep dive and the analysis and things of that nature uh, that we uh, that we give you know exclusively to our uh, subscribers. Uh, but but I'm going to bring this out behind the paywall uh, for your audience, Mark, because I, I, this was Thank obviously you. this was a fun story to write, a lot of fun story to uh, to research, right? Um, but a buddy of mine, uh, probably eight or nine months ago, was getting rid of a bunch of his old Playboys, and uh, I promise <laughs> I was just looking through to see what interviews. Was he getting there. married? Who was, who was the big this month? <laughs> um, and one of the issues that he had was July of 1993. And there was a point-counterpoint at point-blank range, is how the uh, Playboy described it, uh, on the gun control debate. And so you had uh, Reg Potterton, who is a uh, Playboy writer, uh, arguing in favor of banning guns. Uh, and that was his position. And then you had uh, William Helmer, who was a... Uh, Longtime editor of Playboy and a uh, crime writer uh, arguing in favor of the Second Amendment. And so I- I've been waiting like eight months to write this story, <laughs> you know, uh, just talking about how little has changed in the gun control debate over the past 30 years, even as so much has changed on the ground when it comes to our right to keep and bear arms. And I think largely for the better. Um, but I agree. Thing, you, you know, Red Potter. You know, Patterson says, uh, this is his opening argument, he says, there are so many statistics about guns and the troubles that they cause that most people are sick of hearing them. We know that the firearm homicide rate in the United States is much greater than that of other industrialized nations. And we know that in our life, or our, that life in our streets, schools, and suburbs is more violent this year than last year. We don't need to be reminded, city dwellers have known it for 30 years, that fear makes a mockery of the freedom we're supposed to enjoy in the frightened land of the free and the barricaded home of the brave. So, again, Mark, you know, we've been talking about violent crime this entire hour, and that's because for decades, gun control advocates have, have had this false promise of increased safety at the expense of your right to protect yourself. You know, that has not changed since 1993 at all. 30 years, and it seems like yesterday. It really does. I go back and mm-hmm. I think in my mind, 30 years, is it really that long ago? Well, yeah, it is that long ago. But not really that long ago, when you look at things in geologic time, right? It's a blink of an eye. It's a blink of an eye. But it is fascinating to go back and talk about those subjects because I go back 30 years like we were talking about going back to New York City, for example, right? The difference in crime. We've seen the shifts. It's we see it up, down, up, down, up, down. We we can look back and honestly say, gee, when they were stopping and frisking, New York City was much safer than it is today. I felt comfortable six or seven years ago when I flew up to do Fox and walked around Times Square. 
by myself at night. I felt comfortable. I wouldn't today. And look at the difference. Look what's happened. But I got to respect. What was the individual's name that was arguing in favor of banning guns? Uh, Reg Potterton. And both okay, of well, I'll tell you what, I respect him. Way. Yeah, so he I'll says t- uh, making people wait a week or six months for a weapons permit won't solve the problem. Nor will prohibitions against private ownership of assault rifles, grenade launchers, sawed-off shotguns, dum-dum bullets, or machine pistols. Limiting ownership to citizens who are sane or free of a criminal past won't do it, nor will compulsory registration. The guns have to go once and for all. We need to live without fear of guns and what guns do. Um, I, you know, when I read that, I, I flashed back to just, what was it, like a month ago, Gabrielle Giffords, yeah. no more guns, right? Yeah. Um, and and listen, you know, there were not a lot of people in 1993 who were publicly advocating what Reg Potter was calling for. Most of them, again, were talking about, quote, unquote, reasonable restrictions, right? And Potter says, no, 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 those, those laws aren't going to do it. We got to have nothing but prohibition. That's the only thing that'll work. Now, Potter was wrong. You know, 1993 was one of the uh, – it was just a year after the peak of our violent crime uh, uh, highs in U.S. history. And the violent crime rate started falling. Between 1992 mm-hmm. and 2020, violent crime and homicides both declined by about 50 percent in this country. Uh, all, by the way, while the rate of gun ownership or the number of guns in private hands doubled. Skyrocketing. Mark. Yeah. In 1993, it was estimated 187 million firearms, now more than 400 million firearms. And again, the gun rates fell. You know, so Helmer's argument was, listen, crime is cyclical. Gun control is not going to get guns out of the hands of bad guys. Even if you went door to door, rounding up all of the guns from law-abiding citizens, you know, the punk with a pistol in his jacket pocket is still going to have his gun. Um, And I think that's absolutely right. But I I think that, you know, statistics in history have shown that Potterton is dead wrong. According to his theory, this place, should, you know, the United States should be exponentially worse than what it was in the 1990s. I mean, not only do we have 40 million privately owned firearms, but, you know, in 1993, we had more no-issue concealed carry states right. than shall-issue states. Now, every state is at least shall-issue in theory, and more than half the country is constitutional carry. And our violent crime and homicide rates are still much lower than what they were in the early 1990s. So, you know, I think in one way, the debate is over if you just look at the statistics. But the gun control advocates will never let this debate die as long as you and I still possess our right to keep and bear arms. And there, thankfully, again, I think we're winning. Well, we are winning because I want to take this back to bumper sticker logic, which I don't like until I like it. Right. Bumper sticker logic. I don't (laughs) like it until it makes sense. But if 150 million gun owners in possession of 450 million firearms were a problem, ladies and gentlemen, you'd already know it now. And what Cam was talking about is absolutely true. Don't take our word for it. You can go back and look at the Uniform Crime Report statistics over decades and see the numbers that we're actually talking about. They are accurate and they are correct, which is why the gun grabbers will never talk about it, Cam, ever. But that leads me now to let's let's fast forward to today and the continued push for gun control as we get closer and closer and closer to the election. Historically, the Democrats mm-hmm. have backed off of that. But the numbers that they're using to push their gun control are inner city crime numbers in Democrat-run cities. And eventually they're going to be forced to have to admit that. You've got about 20 seconds. I think they're going to have to, if the Republicans play their cards right, right? It, well, that's a big if, right? Because yeah, Democrats would love if. to shift this to, you know, mass shootings, active shootings, these things that are incredibly rare but are, are not limited just to Democrat-run cities. 
Uh, and again, I think their argument is going to be until we take the guns away, you and your kids will not be safe. That's the message they're going to run on in 2024. Eventually, that is going to come out. They've already begun saying the quiet part out loud. Biden has said it. We played the clip from him last night on the Second Amendment Foundation ad with Alan Gottlieb. Gabby Giffords has said it. And occasionally, one of the dopes there, one of the box checkers in Washington, says it as well. And they never back down from it. Cam Edwards, thanks, brother. BearingArms.com, Cam and Company. You know where to find him. Thanks for being here, Cam. We appreciate you giving us time on a Monday very, very much. Thanks for everything that you do. Have a great day, my friend. When we come back, more to talk about. Second hour of Armed American Radio kicks off at six minutes after. Remember, we're in the six-hour studios. Crossbreed Holsters Mike will be on the Fort Worth Armory Mike coming up after, the, after this break. It's all being brought to you by X-Insurance. Visit all of our partners at armedamericanradio.com. Back on the flip side. Just filled your prescription for freedom with Mark Walters, presented by X Insurance. X Insurance on the Armed American Radio Network. I'm Mike Lindell, and I'm excited to announce my new product, My Slippers. They took me over two years to develop because I didn't want just an ordinary slipper. My Slippers are meant to be worn all day long, no matter what you're doing, whether you're inside or outside. My Slippers come with an exclusive three-tier cushioning system that you won't find in any other slipper. It combines two layers of foam, including my proprietary My Pillow foam and a patented impact gel made from U.S. soybeans. My three-tier cushioning system is going to help relieve pressure points, provide that micro support you need for all-day comfort and help prevent fatigue. Not only that, my slippers are made with high-quality leather and a premium indoor-outdoor sole that make them extremely durable. I personally guarantee they're going to be the most comfortable slippers you'll ever own. Hey, it's Mark, and you know Mike supports the right to keep and bear arms, and we support Mike. Please visit MyPillow.com and click on the Radio Listener Specials box and use promo code AAR for all of Mike's great discounts. Or call 800-978-9358, and remember, use promo code AAR. It's the Bill of Rights, not the Bill of Needs. I'm Alan Gottlieb, founder of the Second Amendment Foundation. When someone says, we don't need that kind of gun, remind them the Founding Fathers determined what rights our Constitution should protect. There's a world of difference between rights and needs. It is not the function of government to tell us what we need or what we don't. Certainly no one needs an assault rifle or a Saturday Night Special, or for that matter, no one needs a Corvette with a high-capacity horsepower engine capable of speeds to 150 miles per hour. But in the hands of honest, responsible individuals, we have the right of choice. We have the right to read books others don't like. We have the right to listen to any radio program we choose. We have the right to dress the way we want to. We also have the right to own firearms of our choice. So the next time someone tells you, you don't need something, tell them. It's the Bill of Rights, not the Bill of Needs. Join the Second Amendment Foundation today so that this message and our Bill of Rights might live. Call 425-454-7012. That's 425-454-7012. 